This is episode 004. Welcome to the Rewire and Inspire podcast. My name is Michelle Bailey, former IT software consultant turned lifestyle coach and entrepreneur. It's my mission to help you rewire what's not working in your life so you can live out your dreams. From food and fitness to relationships and business, we find inspiration in the little things and share stories from women just like you that are out in the world doing it. It's time to tap into your truth and power, ladies. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome, everyone. I am so glad that you're here and you're making time for yourself. As always, my goal of these podcasts is not just motivation that's kind of fleeting, but pure inspiration on a soul level. I really aim to provide you with new perspectives, new considerations, and possibilities so you can actually learn to listen to your gut and live in alignment with your truest desires and passions, not all the crap that you think you should do or people tell you you should be do, doing, but really aligning to what feels good for you. And with all of the stress and uncertainty around our day-to-day lives given the pandemic, I really wanted to talk about a topic that's crucial not only for our overall physical health and well-being, but more importantly, serves as a significant contributor to our ability or inability to actually live out our dreams. It's a topic that's very personal to me and something that has served as a major catalyst to my wellness journey and why I do what I do. So while we'll touch on some of it today, we'll barely be skimming the surface. And that topic that we're going to be talking about is how to train your brain for a healthier gut. Now, when I say gut, you might not be clear on what exactly I'm talking about. So what is the gut? Well, it's a group of organs that includes the mouth, the esophagus, the stomach, the pancreas, the liver, the gallbladder, small intestine, colon, and rectum. (sighs) And it's, it's responsible for all of our intake, our digestion, processing and elimination of nutrients. So foods, liquids, everything that we put into our body to, I don't even like to say the word fuel us, but you get the point. Everything that supports our digestion. So not to mention also there's bacteria and viruses and fungi that actually live in this gut that makes up something called our microbiome, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But that's our gut. But what about our brain? It seems kind of weird to think that maybe our brain can be considered part of our gut. And what does that really have to do with having a healthy gut? And how can our gut actually help us live out our dreams? What are all these connections here? Well, some scientists are actually considering our brain to be part of our gut because the gut and the brain are in constant communication. The gut has actually been referred to as our second 
brain and can operate on its own as well as communicate back and forth with our actual brain. So our gut is really, really powerful, not only on a physical level, but a chemical and emotional level. So there are those two different kinds of access that connect our gut to our brain, the physical one and that chemical one. So physically, the vagus nerve controls messages from the brain to the gut, as well as other vital organs like the heart and the lungs. Then there are something called neurons or the cells found in our brain and central nervous system that tell our body what to do. And interestingly, our gut actually contains 500 million neurons, which are connected to our brain through these nerves in the nervous system. So the brain sends signals to our gut via the sympathetic fight or flight nervous system and the parasympathetic, aka the rest and digest nervous systems. And the balance of these signals from the two inputs can affect all sorts of things when it comes to our gut and our digestive system. It has to do with the speed at which food moves through it, the absorption of nutrients, um, the rate or the amount of digestive juices and enzymes that are released, and even the level of inflammation in the digestive tract. So inflammation meaning, you know, swelling. And when inflammation actually reaches certain points, it can be really, really bad. But we need a healthy balance of all of these things. So things are flowing smoothly. Things are absorbing the way that they should. And um, we're not experiencing too much inflammation where things are actually escaping um, our digestive system. So like I mentioned, uh, the gut can actually operate on its own too because it actually has its own nervous system, the enteric nervous system that consists of approximately 100 million nerve cells in and around the GI tract. And all three, so the parasympathetic, the sympathetic, and the enteric nervous systems are all in constant communication. So that's a whole lot of science in your face, a lot of intertwined nerves and communication on a physical level. But then if we take it even farther, like I mentioned, there's the chemical side of things where hormones and something called a neurotransmitter sends messages back and forth along this gut-brain axis as well. And these messages can be affected by our gut microbiome. Like I mentioned earlier, the balance of the bacteria and the fungi and the viruses, that microbiome, if the balance is off, so if good versus bad bacteria is off in our microbiome, this can cause a plethora of problems. For example, um, just being in a state of stress or nervousness, anxiety, or fear can cause our gut flora balance to change. So you can see why, especially now, in times of high stress and uncertainty with our day-to-day -day, you know, normal routine through all, all out of whack, not only from a emotional perspective, but a physical perspective, this can have a huge effect on our gut and the balance within our gut to be able to 
go through the normal functions that it's responsible for. This also includes immunity because if you think about it, our digestive tract, including our mouth, is the first line of defense at keeping things out or getting things out that shouldn't be in our body. So protecting us from those foreign things that shouldn't be there. So our our gut is hugely important when it comes to protecting us from those external threats. And because of this strong brain-gut connection, that stress and a variety of emotions can also contribute to or worsen a variety of gastrointestinal conditions, including IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, and other inflammatory bowel diseases. Negative mental and emotional triggers from the brain can speed up or slow down the movement of the GI tract and contents, making it really sensitive to pain signals in in our gut. So things like bloating or you know minor pains that we might normally experience are amplified. Our bacteria gets thrown out of whack. Uh, the activity of our immune system can be on overdrive. So you can actually have you know, autoimmune disorders where your immune system is just hypersensitive and actually going um, to the extremes and not operating as it normally should. And increases in inflammation in the gut and even having something called leaky gut where there's increased permeability or the ability for things that would normally belong inside of our GI tract to begin seeping out into our bloodstream. All obviously really terrible in terms of our physical health and the overall well-being of our bodies, but also our minds. Because of that connection to our brain, the health of our gut largely affects things like mood and focus and other emotions. And there's that constant cycle and feedback from the brain to the GI system. So when one is off, the other is effective and vice versa. So if we're in those negative emotional states, it can definitely affect our gut. So if you think of times in your life where you are stressed or anxious or nervous, um, you know, butterflies in your stomach or feeling sick to your stomach, or when stress comes, you know, you have the bloat and severe pain in your stomach. It's because of those chemical and physical connections that are so tightly tied together between the brain and the gut. And so it really creates this vicious cycle if one is out of whack. And this was much of my own personal story and how I really began to dive deeper into my wellness journey. I was already an avid you know, exerciser and someone who ate relatively well, or I considered it. I was, I was younger. I was in my uh, early 20s, really in college, when uh, a lot of stress started coming into my life and needing to understand how to deal with overwhelm of different life situations and expectations I was becoming an adult. So it was a huge life change for me, but I really didn't know how to cope with all these different emotions and life events in a healthy way. So I started to experience it a lot in my gut with a lot of gut issues. 
So even though I would do, quote, all of the right things most of the time in terms of sleep and eating well, exercising, taking vitamins and supplements, I would have really significant flare-ups of severe indigestion and stomach pain to the point where I couldn't function or eat even healthy things. And it was really debilitating and um, I was kind of at a loss. I just thought maybe it was something that I was eating. Maybe it was just the food that I was eating and I started to explore from the food side of things what it could be. But the pain, the physical pain would actually result in a lot of negative moods and depressed thoughts and I would get into some really dark places and have to pull myself out of it really in kind of obsessive ways in terms of like exercise and and chasing endorphins and honestly like sugar highs which just fed the problem more so the cycle just continued. So you might be wondering really what all of this has to do with you know living out your dreams. Well if you've ever heard the saying gut feeling or gut instinct or gut response or trust your gut you're probably familiar with the idea that our internal guidance system is believed to live in our gut. It serves as an innate source of wisdom and intuition that can guide us in making decisions in our life, reading and judging situations, and doing things that feel good and true to us as opposed to to what others tell us we should be doing. So with all of the neurons in our gut and constant communication between the brain and the physical GI tract, there's been growing evidence to support the connection between our gut and intuitive knowing. So that's another reason why healing our gut is so important and why I decided to go on a deeper journey beyond just the food and the physical aspect Of why I wasn't feeling so good. So we all know that our intuition and gut feeling is there because you can really feel what it's communicating. If it's out of whack, if it's in pain and it's a constant cycle of suffering like what I was in, then it's that much more difficult to hear and listen to and decipher the intuitive messages that our body is trying to communicate to us. So when I was in the midst of my gut issues, it was extremely frustrating and confusing, but in an interesting way, and I'm going to go more into this later when I talk more about my body dysmorphia and eating disorder, but on the rare occasion actually once I was years into this exploratory process of it, I would have these glimmers of hope and faith. And in a weird way, in the middle of my flare-ups or binges or you know, most deep pain and suffering on a physical level, it would help me actually connect more to my faith. And in the midst of all of it, I would turn to my higher power in those times of weakness and suffering and ask for guidance 
and confidence to give myself what I needed and to learn how to heal and use that time for something positive. And here I am sharing with you to hopefully help you discover some possibilities on your own wellness journey. But fast forward a few years after, you know, bouts of reduced pain and then it would come back and then I found patterns in it all and in significant life events where I felt really, really lost and overwhelmed is when I found that my gut issues were at the height in terms of, you know, pain especially. After years of the confusion I finally discovered that stress was a common denominator amongst all of it. So even when I did elimination diets and really tried to get control of the food and you know went to GI doctors and all and did all the tests and all the things and it wasn't working and I wasn't getting answers, I really saw that stress was the common denominator and decided to learn new techniques to help with the stress. And that's how I discovered meditation. I recognized I was overly stressed and constantly living from my sympathetic nervous system. The fight or flight response was on the reg (laughs) and I had to find a way to calm that nervous system down. That then in turn calmed down that communication channel between my brain and my gut that kept me stuck in the inflammation and the pain. So once I broke that connection and learned how to rewire that, instead of just the physical side of it, I went the other way around through my brain, through meditation and mindfulness practices, I was able to calm that response that my brain was triggering in my gut and actually heal my gut issues that way. So I'm by no means a doctor, obviously, so please seek out professional medical attention if you feel you need it. But in terms of my own testimony, and given the fact that that mind-body-brain-gut connection is so strong, and there's more and more scientific evidence to back that up, it should come as no surprise then that mind-body tools are a great way to train your brain to heal your gut. That includes meditation, mindfulness, breathing practices, and yoga. They've all been proven to improve GI symptoms, improve mood, decrease anxiety, and decrease the body stress response by dampening the sympathetic nervous system. It also enhances the parasympathetic response, which is the rest and digest, and decreases inflammation. So it's a win-win-win across the board in terms of the three different nervous systems that play parts in that brain-gut axis. Mm, there's a lot of meditation out there, and I know that it's a really big you know, buzzword, and so is mindfulness right now, but I figured that I'd share one of my favorite tools, and that is a mindful meditation practice 
that is taught to a lot of beginners, honestly. When I did an MBSR, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction course, I think it was three months long. Uh, it was a training course relatively for beginners, but I mean, just like anything else, anytime you repeat it, it's a different experience if you take it in the moment and where you are, you're constantly changing. So each time you do it should be different, but it's called a body scan. And I actually include a version of a body scan meditation in my intro to mindfulness mini course. I'll link that in the description below, but more or less it involves breathing techniques that calm the nervous system and allow you to become aware of the sensations in your body and the thoughts running in your mind. So you do a scan either from the head to the toes, the toes to the head, and slowly scan the body every single inch, millimeter of the body and just notice how it feels, what sensations you're experiencing in that moment. It could be temperature, it could be tingling, it could be internally. You can go really, really deep with it and get pretty much on a cellular level what you're experiencing in every single, like I said, millimeter of your body. Because we're, we often operate so mindlessly when it comes to our physical body, and yet it is so powerful and has so much wisdom to share with us. But by repeatedly practicing and becoming accustomed to our body and how it feels in any given moment, the more inclined we are and prepared when those more powerful emotions and overwhelming life situations come up that try to throw us out of whack and compromise our brain, our body, the more prepared we are in those situations to respond rather than react on that autopilot mode, that fight or flight mode. So not only that, I also leverage mindful eating practices and those really allowed me to slow down, connect with my body, with my food, and the act of eating in that given moment so I could, from a mental, emotional perspective as well as physical, support the digestive process as best as I could. So mindful eating practices have to do with calming down the nervous system, so those proper chemical responses can be fired to support digestion in the best way and allow you to feel more at peace and not rush and just kind of seeing, again, eating and your body is just like this have to, changing the, the perspective to get to and change the experience that you have with your body and food when you eat. So I know that's a lot. Like I said, this is just surface level. I give you a lot of science to back up a lot of it, but also hopefully you gain some insight around my personal experience. And I'm always open to talking more about my experience around mindful eating, around my dysmorphia of my body and food, and also meditation. Like I said, I'll link that mini course for mindfulness in the description below. 
And I'd love to hear more about your stories. You can always reach out to me on social media channels at Rewire and Inspire, both on Facebook and Instagram. But I also want to leave you with this quote from Neurohacker Collective that states, if there's one thing to know about the human body, it's this. The human body has a ringmaster. The ringmaster controls your digestion, your immunity, your brain, your weight, your health, and even your happiness. This ringmaster is the gut. So as always, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date with new episodes that come out each and every Wednesday. You can also find me, like I said, on Instagram and Facebook under Rewire and Inspire. Now go find and do more of what feels good and inspires 